0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is...
1: Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason.
0: It is almost Friday. And maybe when you listen to this, it will be Friday. Congratulations. Or Saturday. Or (laughs) Or Sunday. It could be, you know what, it could be any day of the week. But for me, it's almost the weekend, and I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, it's pretty nice. It's been a long week. The weeks after a uh, holiday week where, you know, you know you're know you working or doing whatever you're doing four days a week are really tough. I know that sounds like a first world <laughs> problem, but yeah, it's it's legit. It's it's tough.
0: Yeah. Here in the Midwest, we've had some snow and stuff. So I've had some days off school. Um, just had a lot of personal stuff going on. And like as a teacher, you know, you hear a lot about like people leaving education. And a lot of it is because we're way underpaid, which is also true. But we also uh, get treated like crap sometimes by students. So that's kind of been this week for me. Um, I've had some students kind of be jerky to me. So I'm still a professional. I told them off nicely. Um, but I'm borderline close to being unprofessional and telling them off not nicely. Oh, So thankfully, the weekend is here. And I don't have to talk to them for a while.
1: That's true. That's the best part.
0: That is the best part. Um, if you happen to uh, know some of our friends at the Board Game Rundown, Jason got a chance to um, be on their Wednesday night YouTube um, video, like live stream, Wh- live stream. Wh-
1: yeah, Whiskey Wednesday, Whiskey is what they Wednesday
0: call it. with Mike and Tim. Jason's choice of whiskey was Mountain Dew Zero.
1: <laughs> Mountain Dew Zero watermelon. Mm-hmm. That's the way I roll. Yep. So it was in a shot glass. So I mean, you know, at least I had the proper uh, drinking vessel.
0: I suppose so. Um, so if you haven't seen that, check that out. Uh, Board game rundown. Some nice. Some some of them are okay. Some of them, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. The two that I was talking to are, uh,
0: yeah, we like Mike yeah. and Tim. They're awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> they'll do. They'll do. Um, yeah. They talked about having me on an episode maybe in the future. So. We'll keep you updated on that. I'll have to find myself some good whiskey to drink on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure you can wrangle something up.
0: Yeah, we'll see what we got. Well, we have lots of different things to talk about today because we've left our top 100 games of all time. As much as we love that countdown, it's been so fun. We've got a new top five coming for you today. But before that, we're going to talk about games played and news. And today, in lieu of Kickstarter or um, Game Found, Backer Kit news, we've got some general gaming news to talk about, a couple different pieces. Um, and the first one is kind of sad. So, Jace, do you want to start off with our first bit of news?
1: Yeah. So, in case you didn't hear this week, the week that we we're recording, uh, board game designer, Serge Leger, or you can call him Serge Leggett. I guess that's another pronunciation for Americans. He passed away. Um, I'm not sure how old he was. 60, I don't even know if it was... 60
0: or 61. If It,
1: uh, it might have been unexpected. I don't know all that stuff. I just know that he passed away. It was unexpected
0: and, after a serious illness.
1: Oh, gotcha. So if you don't know Serge Leger, he's made some fantastic games. And one of his most popular games at this point right now that people are currently playing is Nidavellir. But before that, he had Shadows Over Camelot with Bruno Catala, Mystery of the Abbey with Bruno Fiduti. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other one that I really like? Cargo uh, Noir. Cargo Noir, by himself. Um, Castle with Bruno Fiduti. Artemis Odyssey with Bruno Fiduti. And Mari Nostrum I think, yes, is a, a game is that a lot of people dig that he, he designed. So great designer, worked with a ton of people. So him not being around anymore to design sweet games and do great co-designs is a sad day. So we're thinking of his family and everybody who knows Serge and that they'll be able to handle through some of this and we'll, his memory will live on in the games that he's designed. So we will always have that.
0: Yeah. I think there's something like really beautiful about a community that feels really feels lost. Um, from someone that you that we many of us most of us have not actually met, um, but there's something about board games that you feel like a piece of that person is part of it that you you I don't know that you understand them that you know them a little bit maybe and maybe it's a false kind of knowledge but um, yeah it's definitely a loss for the board game community because he had some really great designs so um, he will definitely be missed.
1: I also did. A short little blog on our website of my top three favorite um, Serge Léger games. I always call them Serge Léger, and I'm trying to actually say the correct pronunciation. Serge Léger games, so you can go check that out if you want to see what those are. It should be no surprise what they are. We talk about them pretty regularly, but if you're interested, check it out.
0: There was talk of, I think, a new edition or re-releasing Mr. the Abbey, um, and I don't know if that's still going to happen but I, I really enjoy that game. It's really good, and I think it should be brought back to a wider audience.
1: So, yeah, I think I think that's still happening. I'm pretty sure.
0: I hope so. Uh, the other thing that I want to talk about in news today is one that uh, I'm going to pull up my soapbox for, um, because I just feel the need to weigh on, weigh in on this. And this is uh, this is talking about the Wizards of the Coast. Um, ongoing controversy over their open gaming license that uh, they had teased a uh, possibility um, of a new draft of it. And it was pretty sherbity. I mean, I, there is no way around that. Like they, in reading it, it was very much a slap in the face, I felt, to the d d community, to our culture. And honestly, I think a lot, some... I okay I'm I'll tell my personal opinion I think a lot of it has to do with um, the popularity of um, critical role and what they've been able to do with the foundations of D&D I believe that they tried to work with Wizards of the Coast with the Tales of Exandria and then eventually had to go out and make their own kind of Darenting Press to be able to publish the stuff that they had like Because that innovation, the things that Matt's doing and the things that other uh, DMs are doing, that's really the foundation of what makes D&D great to be able to take a system. And now um, it's at 5e for D&D and then use your imagination, which is what I think is the core and the wonder of RPGs in general, but especially in Dungeons and Dragons. um, There's so much lore there. There are books um, to draw from. There's like, cultures and races and classes and history Uh, and to be able to use that and even create your own i I think is fantastic i think that's a beautiful thing i think that's like super that's nerd power man i love it um and wizards is like well we (laughs) part of the original draft that they had leaked was that any content that you created that had a basis in their system that that they owned and that you had there had to be some revenue reporting, um, for any like ownership or license requirements, like just a bunch of nasty stuff. So, uh, and it's not, this is not the first bad move that they have made in the near, the near past. They also have really like pissed off a bunch of Magic fans. And you all know I have no love for Magic players, but, um, That's a lot of money there. That's a lot of angry, smelly nerds there. So they were already mad. And now you made the other nerds mad, (laughs) us D&D players mad. Um, And just like, I think last week, they released like a new statement, another ongoing statement about how, oh, they're just, they're basically backstepping on everything they said because of all the backlash Um, that, oh, we're going to work with fans. Um, you know, to, and content creators to help us make this new OGL open game license, you know, it's, um, just the same way we do like our playtest stuff. No big deal. We're going to do a survey after they read the new draft, which I feel like why make a new draft when everybody was fine with the old one? You just leaked a new draft, everybody got pissed and now you're backtracking. Um, But I I don't know what they're hoping to accomplish with this because they've already made a bunch of people mad. They say they're not going to mess with Roll20, with Foundry, um, those kind of things. They're not going to have that revenue reporting, um, that ownership license requirement type thing. But again, a bunch of people who have partnered with D&D are like, yeah, move it away from you. And I've, I've seen it in the discussions um will wheaton's blog and some other people saying like hey i'm done with dnd i'm looking at gosh i can't remember the group that does pathfinder for the life of me paizo going to paizo or other smaller iterations which i I get the thing is i don't like pathfinder and i think it's because I, i just grew up um playing dungeons and dragons like even like my dad had the old AD&D books, all the original stuff. I read the Dragonlance series like hardcore. Um, I know and understand d d To me, it's a really accessible RPG for people. It's Especially the 5e. I feel like it's so easy to get noobs in. Um, a lot of the rules just make sense to me. But again, now Wizards of the Coast has been so big corporate money grabby like, why would I want to support that? Like, they are getting tons of money. Even if you're into Critical Role and you're looking at the stuff Darrington Press is putting out, you pretty much need to go buy your player's handbook to start. And you're probably going to want a DM guide. Those books are like 40 bucks a piece hardback. I, they're going to get their money. It just, it infuriates me. Like, I ah. I'm so mad. Like, I why? Why would you do that? And D&D has, come, has really risen up from kind of obscurity, from like the satanic panic 80s and 90s. Like, nerd culture is king right now. You know, Stranger Things. And I mean, even on the TV show Ghosts, they were playing D&D. You got huge buff dudes like Joe Mangiello playing D&D. Um, you've got Stephen Colbert. Like you are just shooting yourself in the foot and nobody is going to help you bandage that sucker. (laughs) None of the nerds, all of us, there are no paladins. There are no clerics left for you because of this move. Like it's, it's heinous. Jason has nothing to add to this conversation.
1: (laughs) Actually, I do a little bit. I think part of the reason that that this even came about is because wizards of the coast has been looking around at Kickstarter and seeing all the projects on there that are based on D and D five e that have been funding that they're not getting a piece of, um, I'm not. I don't know. I, I don't know that for sure. But I think that might have something to do with it because Kickstarter is a huge platform. And when you're seeing all these people basically coming up with stuff that you created, and they're taking their thing and like making it their own, but you're not getting a cut. I don't. know, I think that may have some some of the reasoning behind what they're doing. I'm not supporting it at all. I just am trying to figure out why they're doing something dumb like
0: this. My issue is, like, again, maybe it's just my whole, like, damn the man, forget the corporate structure. You make enough. They're not hurting. Wizards of the Coast is not going down. It's part of Hasbro, for crying out loud. They're pumping out 15 million different types of monopoly every year. They'll be fine. And D&D is... I think bigger and better than it's ever been. You'll get your money. Like let this stuff go. I ugh, Rage. Flames at the side of my face. So I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. Um, I know we have a few other RPG players, D&D people um, that listen. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox and move on. But that is my rant for the news.
1: Yeah, I said my piece. That's all I know. So, um, yeah, so that's the news. Let's just move on to less uh, controversial stuff.
0: I can make these games played controversial if you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to talk about three games today. We'll try not to linger on them forever, just so you, we don't have to. You don't hear us talk for two hours, even though we have been told that we have great voices. But you know, we'll leave it at that. Uh, The first game we're going to talk about is a game that we both played, but we did not play together, but we did both play it, so we're going to talk about it, and it's called My Lil Everdell. And this is a game that we actually got from the publisher. They sent it to us, and I've done a live video with the youngest kid and played it with her once. I also have a review video. Katie played it with her as well. And this is, it's Everdell. It has the same kind of art, same kind of production, but it's really streamlined down To a simpler package. There's less resources to collect. There's three instead of four. And you don't have to amp up your workers. As you go through the game. You always have three. You play over four rounds. And on a turn. You're going to place a worker out. Collect some resources. Either from a die spot. Or from one of the three spots. Where you can get berries. Twigs. Or resin. And then. You're going to buy a card. The cards are buildings. Or critters. When you buy a card. They're going to. Maybe fire off immediately. Um, maybe not, maybe do in-the-game scoring. And if you get certain numbers of certain types of cards, you may get some extra points. And after four rounds, whoever has the most points is the winner. So it's still the of placement. It's still the tableau building, but it's streamlined down into a package that our 8-year-old can play. And I think understand and play competitively, and I appreciate that. So I like this. I don't like it better than Everdell by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a lot easier to set up, a lot quicker, and... You know, he plays in 20 minutes, so you can get a feel of it in a shorter package. So how do you feel about My Little Everdell?
0: Yeah, I think it has all the best parts of Everdell um, condensed in a way. It's not like our daughter couldn't play Everdell, but she would not be competitive at it. It would be a lot more difficult to get her involved, and it does take longer, um, which then her interest could possibly wane in that. Um but she was really into this game. She really liked it. It has all those great components um, that you have in the first one. It has that adorable artwork. The theme is super preserved. Like I, I, it has all the good stuff. It really does, and so it's not a chore to play. And honestly, like I thought, okay, I'm gonna kick this kid's butt, right? So I'm like, I'm gonna combo some in-game bonuses, stuff like that. But it actually goes quickly so you don't have a time to amass like a crazy amount of points and i only beat her by one point um so it wasn't the runaway that i thought it was because i was like yeah i got this i got this every time i get a parade so you, every time I meet, you meet like a, a goal i was getting like two extra points for it and i'm like oh yeah i'm hitting these parades i got this princess is going to give me in-game points for all my buildings all this stuff nope it's only one by one so I think to me that's a sign of a really great um, family weight game that it is something that we can enjoy playing, and our child is competitive. We're not letting her win. We're not stomping her either. Um, and it goes on just long enough to feel like a really satisfying game. Uh, so yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought this is a great implementation.
1: Honestly, I wish one thing that I wish regular Everdell had that this one has is the dice work replacement spots. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Everdell has the random cards, but I like how the dice change every round. That's really cool.
0: You just like to roll dice. All right.
1: I do like to roll <laughs> dice. I do. I, I like some randomness in games. I'm not like one of those stuck-up Euro gamers who doesn't like that. I like a little bit of randomness because it makes it fun and interesting. So the next game we played is was actually on our top, I think both of our top tens, or at least pretty high up. I am not. I forget where it was on yours. Top 20
0: um, or 20 or 30, maybe.
1: All right, it was on my top 10 and in Katie's top 30, and it is viticulture. And this is one we hadn't played for a while. We didn't play Tuscany, we just played the generic game. I know everybody hates the generic game, so we basically played trash. But um, viticulture is a worker placement game where you are collecting, you're your, your planting fields to harvest grapes, to turn those grapes into wine, to sell the wine to different customers, to score points. And it's a race to uh, I think 25 points that triggers the end of the game. And then you finish that round. Whoever has the most points is the winner. This also introduced the concept of the grande worker, which is a a special worker that can go to a location that's full. So you're never really blocked out of a, a location at least one time in the game. And you're just trying to be the most efficient at going places and collecting things to make grapes. Um, I think it has a it does the theme pretty well because grapes age wine ages in your cellar. Um, you're trying to build different buildings on your player board. You're giving people tours of your your vineyard. You have a tasting room that you can earn points. Um, different visitors come that are going to help you. You can play these amazing cards. It's it's a ton of fun. Um, I like Tuscany, but I'm just not tired of the base game, and I I think it's enough just playing it by itself. So. How do you feel about this Play of it, a culture?
0: So I looked it up to see where it was in my top 100. And it's actually like number 94.
1: Oh, that's super low. I know.
0: And I think maybe part of it is because we haven't played it for a while. Because playing it again, I thought, yeah, this is so good. And I always want to be able to do more stuff. Um, again, the only thing I don't like about it is it's you know typical Stillmeyer fashion. It's a race to a certain number of points. I just want to have you know, a certain number of years or whatever that you're working on your vineyard and then you see how what points you have at the end based on, you know, the things you fulfilled. All that stuff. That's what I would prefer. Um, But the, the mechanics are so good. The look of it is beautiful. It's like a peaceful, laid back kind of game, but you're also trying to get as much done as you can. What's interesting about this game is... I, was, I worked with a lady who had, I mean, her idea of games was probably like Cards Against Humanity, right? Which is arguably one of the worst games on the planet. So she, ha- but she loved wine and her friends as well. They would go to like wine tastings and all stuff and she's like, well, I'm having these friends over. Can you think of a game that we could play? And I'm, I, I named some like pretty basic ones at Target that I thought she could play and um, I said, well, there are games about wine. And she's Like, really? So, I told her about viticulture. She freaking went and bought it she, at, like out the gate. Like, I'm telling you, this woman had no entry point. Like, I think I let her borrow Bob Ross, um, The Art of Chill. That's where we're at on games. Went and bought viticulture. She had her friends over. They, I don't know if they put on Rodney or somebody, watched a video and played it. And she loved it.
1: And I, f- I mean, as she should, That's great. right?
0: But and I feel like when a game can can span all of those different kinds of paths from people who either love the theme or really like the mechanics i think that's a sign of a really good game um i'm sure i've played tuscany i vaguely remember it i feel like i like it because i like the extra phases um just because it's more of a good thing but i don't think anything is lacking in the essential edition of viticulture yeah it was a great experience again
1: yeah, Tuscany is just more of what's already good. Like, it makes it a deeper game, which I do like, but sometimes I just want to play a worker placement game and go to a spot and collect some stuff right. and not have to get bogged down with all the other stuff, and that's where viticulture sits. Right,
0: well, and the cards, I think, really like ch- make a, a very simple worker placement contract fulfillment game like to another level, which I think is really great about it because it makes it that nice mid-weight.
1: Yeah, I agree. The cards are fantastic. There's so many of them, too. You don't even see, like, half of them in a game. It's crazy. All right, so the last game we're going to talk about... Yeah, that's right. We're doing three today. um, Is a game that we actually just played before we recorded. And it is called Batoku. And this is a... What is this game? It's a card selection (laughs) dice placement game, kind of. yeah. Uh, so on your, well, on your turn, you're going to have three cards in your hand. And you're going to be using these cards for the action. But when you play this card on your player board, it's going to unlock a die that you can then use on a different turn to put it out into one of these, I think, five different spots out on the board. And four of the spots are called Forest. They're going to give you certain things based on the value of the dice. If there's a building there that matches that die, it may fire off as well. And if someone owns that building, they may get a bonus. Um, and then eventually as another action, you can slide the die across the river and take yet another action. You may be getting some extra cards to put in your hand, some extra cards to put next to your player board to walk this path. Um, there's tons of tracks, tons of ways to score points, um, a whole lot going on. I'm way oversimplifying it cause it's a pretty beefy game, but it looks fantastic it has, I think, an Asian theme. I. I it know.
0: totally has an Asian theme. It's a <laughs> Japanese theme about the nature, spirits, and balance of the forest. Oh, my gosh.
1: Oh, Okay, sure. Those creatures look like, yeah, they're weird. Uh, but it's, it's a good medium weight game. Four rounds, so Katie's a fan of that. Four rounds. Um, not racing to any certain threshold. You're doing what you can on your turns, trying to make the best of it, and just score the most points. I like this game. It was a little long for us because we forgot how to play it, so we were kind of relearning it, and that was a pain in the neck. A lot of setup, a lot of table space, a lot of stuff going on. But once you get into it, it's pretty solid, and I still enjoyed it. So how do you feel about this play of Batoku, even with all the other craziness going on?
0: Yeah, I liked it. The last time I played it, it was at four. So I was interested to see how it scales to two um, because it's it's absolutely beautiful, number one. It's Asian-themed. So like two of those, two of my, my main check checkpoints, um, specifically Japanese themed, another plus for me. Um, adorable little, adorable bits. I love that. The artwork's cute. Um, but there's so many different things to do. And honestly, like, yeah, it, w- it did take a little long because we had to relearn it. But once I learned it, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And now I feel like, dang, now that I've refreshed myself, I gotta play it again. Because my strategy sucked, like I lost real bad. I was like wandering around, but I was trying a little bit of everything, kind of. And I, you, I don't think you can do that.
1: Let's not breeze past that one line that you said. Lost real bad. Let's not breeze past that. Let's let's let people drink that in. Enjoy my victory. Yeah.
0: Do you feel that that comment is <laughs> in your best interest?
1: <laughs> Probably not. But
0: lack of self preservation. <laughs> So not make me come back there to the room that she recorded separate from me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's like got my brain working. And I mentioned before, and um, Tim's sister, Julia, is the one who said this to me. Like, I know I need to own a game. If I go to bed thinking about it and I wake up the next day and I'm still thinking about like what I could have done better, how to play it. And I'm I feel like I'm there with this game. Like, we played it, I'm like, dang, okay, wh- what did I do wrong? Like, what did I need to go into better? Like, how could I do this differently? Um, and I, I don't remember what happened when we played with four players. Like, I couldn't remember if I did just as badly as possible. Um, that Maybe I'm just terrible at this game. But I, th- for the most part, I felt like, well, I could still be in it because there's in-game points, there's all this different stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I... I enjoyed it. There's so many things that I really like about it. Um, It was good.
1: The thing that I like about it is it it seems like a super heavy game, but your actions are really pretty simple.
0: Oh, yeah. You're going to play this card and do what's on it, or you're going to put a die somewhere and do that thing.
1: Yeah. It feels like VTAL kind of. like VTAL's actions are place a card on a board, do this action, but then the action is like 97 other things. Right, right. This has a similar deal where I'm going to play a card down, But, you know, I could get to unlock this die. I could get this bonus from this gem. I could get to do these three actions on the card. So while, yeah, you're doing one little thing, it explodes into these, like, big turns, which I appreciate. And that's fun. All right. So those are the games that we played. We shall keep pressing on.
0: Okay. So now that we are finished with our top 100 games of all time, we're going to look forward Instead of looking back, and we're gonna talk about our most anticipated games of 2023. Now, when I look through this list, I always see games and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like I covered that when it was on Kickstarter, it looked good. And I'm like, did we see that somewhere? Like, stuff just tickles my brain. I'm like, I should know that. Um, so, we each picked our top five. We've got some honorable mentions too, but actually, as I was going through the list, um, there are so many expansions, second editions type stuff that's coming out this year that I'm pumped about that we're making a summer podcast about that. So if you're like, oh, why didn't Katie mention this new Tantukori I know she loves, you gotta wait till next episode. So today we are gonna talk about our most anticipated games of 2023 that are not um new editions, um expansions or reprints so yeah I think is that, that covered at all <laughs> yep. alright Jason's gonna start with his number five
1: alright so I'm just gonna preface mine as well as I didn't do a ton of research into these games um, whenever I look at an anticipated game I look at like the title and just the description of what's going on I don't watch a ton of videos because I don't want to get pumped up and then you know have to sit on that for a while so that's just what I got going on but my first game is a game from Paverson Games, which you may hear about that later. Mm. And the game is called Luthier. Is that how you say it, Luthier?
0: I don't know. Maybe
1: it's about making instruments. If
0: it's French, it's luthier. It, but I don't know if it okay, is or not. Yeah,
1: sure. So it's about um, making instruments. And in this game, I'm going to try just read through the synopsis and kind of tell you what you're going on. But In this game, you're trying to balance improving skills across multiple tracks, unlocking specialized worker abilities and other bonuses, and then concentrating on varying gameplay strategies and goals, such as musical performances, instrument building, and repairs. So it's a worker placement game with um, special player powers, which is cool. Hidden bidding. There's nothing else. There's no videos. There's barely a, a box cover. It had me at the theme, which is like virtuoso performers like Bach, Mozart, and Beethoven. I like games about music. I like games about instruments. This had to be on the list. And it just sounds interesting. I can't say it looks interesting because I don't know anything about it. There's nothing to look at. But it sounds like a fun game, and I can't wait to try it. Hopefully it's good. So Luthier, Luthier, however you want to say it, is my number five.
0: Yeah, I don't know the background on it enough to know... um like the names origins and that kind of thing. So I failed you on that one. <laughs> Sorry. My number five is much easier to say. And there's actually a lot more on it. Um, but there's actually not a lot more on BTG at the moment, but there was a lot on the, the uh, Kickstarter for Maple Valley. Um, Creature Comforts is a game that I have really enjoyed and also our daughter loves. She mentioned today that she wanted to play that game again because we like games about forest animals (laughs) with Everdell. Um, This looks like Maple Valley or looks like Creature Comforts just got a little more gamery with Maple Valley Um, because there's the Spring Festival. Again, we got all these adorable little animals um, and you're going to get some stuff ready for the festival. So you're going to get friends. Um, they're going to celebrate together and we're going to have like bring like favors with us to bring to this festival we're going to set up you know have some snacks we're going to um, like a lot like the cards that you saw in creature comforts like tea lights to decorate it, and fruit punch and some crockery for the tea like just those adorable little things. Like I freaking love that. I love that soft, fun theme. So you're like going through these paths in the forest with a friend, foraging for stuff to complete these different items, favors um, to celebrate. I I love it. I know people have played it. Um, there's a bunch of pre. There's many. Um, previews and reviews about it out there already. Um, I they were having people tr- uh, demo it at Gen Con, I think. And maybe even at Origins. Um so I know that there's a lot of big hype out there. It says that 77 people own it on BGG. What the heck? But it's
1: uh, they're pro- probably Kickstarter backers. It's a it hasn't come out on Kickstarter yet. I know, but I mark stuff when I back back it. What? That's cheating. You don't have it. I don't have it, but I've already paid for it. So therefore I've own, I own it.
0: I don't know about that. One person has it for trade.
1: That's che- probably, a, probably a review copy. That's cheeky.
0: Um, but it's adorable. It's hand management second collection. I, I'm excited for more of what I already love with um, Creature Comfort. So my number five is Maple Valley. Yeah,
1: we did back this one. So clearly we're excited about this one.
0: <laughs> and that is saying something.
1: All right, so my number four is from one of my favorite companies of all time, Plaid Hat. That's right. I know,
0: I couldn't believe it. Plaid I was Hat. like, I saw this on your list. I'm like, you realize this is from Plaid Hat? I
1: well, This has got a great gimmick in it. I don't know anything about this game. I haven't watched anything, but it looks amazing, and that's got to be a gimmick. And the game is called Hickory Dickory, and it's about mice running up a clock, you know, like the the, the deal. Um, Nursery rhyme? It's some, yeah, it's some kind of... Again, I haven't looked too much into these. I probably should have done more research, but again, I didn't. Pretty okay. So that's where we Pretty are. Pretty okay, people. <laughs> Pretty okay, yeah. So, in this one, players are controlling a team of mice and they're trying to go on a scavenger hunt by Lord Cuckoo. <laughs> they're going to ride on the on the cuckoo clock's minute hand, and they're going to search for items that match their hunt card. When they find it, they're going to jump off the hand to collect the items to gain berries, also known as victory points. Um, that's what the description says. There's a, a Rodney Smith video. I could watch it. I probably will. But looking at the pictures, there's this fantastic clock in the middle. It's got an hour and a minute hand. The mice can sit on the minute hand, which is fantastic. Um, makes me think of Zulkin a little bit. Cause that's got those cool gears that people sit on. Not the same game at all, but man, I love a game with a gimmick. And this definitely has a gimmick. It looks like a pretty awesome game, really a good Euro game from Plaid I'm all about that. So my number four, could be good, could be bad, I don't know, but sweet gimmick, Hickory Dickory.
0: I I just had to laugh at the name Lord Cuckoo. I don't know, that struck me as hilarious. (laughs) I'm like, dude, I'm in. If we can talk about Lord Cuckoo.
1: It looks fantastic. Those pictures are great.
0: Well, speaking of great pictures, my game, my number four game, looks awesome. And I think it also has a gimmick. And this game is called Ryozen. Now everyone knows that I love me an Asian themed game. Now Ryozen isn't technically Asian themed, it's a mystical realm, but it's a mystical realm that has Asian architecture. So, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And you've got clans assembling. Um, So it's a worker placement game, but what's really cool about it is there is a rotating layered board what the what it has uh the palace of the phoenix queen in the middle and so it's rotating so there are different spots available there's also you can flip the board for a two-player kind of placement section two which i think is great um so you are going through these different sectors you're gathering resources you're going to get some allies that have some asymmetrical abilities um you know you're going to collect some cards and improve your strategy Because you're trying to be skilled and show off all the abilities and get honor um, to do the best for the kingdom. And you want to get favor with the Phoenix Queen. She's about to wake up from her mountain palace. I don't know why she's asleep. I haven't seen that yet. Um, But there's area majority influence. There's events. There's a market. There's set collection. There's worker placement. You've got these different types of workers. And it is flipping gorgeous oh my goodness like the board is colorful it's beautiful this 3d palace in the middle um this rotating inset you've got cards that go out and different places for workers it looks pimp i am really excited about this it looks awesome um two to four players multiple scoring and resources engines. You are speaking my
1: language.
0: So my number 4 is Ryozen.
1: <laughs> All right. So, I realized you have
0: nothing for your number 3. No,
1: no. So, I had something there. But the issue is is a reprint.
0: Oh, no.
1: And then the one I was going to put in there is
0: also a reprint?
1: Uh, also a reprint. <laughs> it's So, I am going to I'm going to break the rules here a little bit.
0: Okay, no. This is what I want to say right now. Jason has been getting on me for multiple days about how I need to look at the list and pick out my stuff to put on the outline so we're prepared for this episode. And what does he do? He like half donkey butts it and now is changing it in the middle. Like what? I mean, we're pretty okay. You're going down to just okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, I lost a pretty a long time ago. Um, So I'm going to stick with what I had. And I feel bad about it, kind of, but not enough to change it. So Mm -hmm. my my number three is actually a new game from Roxley. And I say new game, but it's re-implementing an old game. And this one is called Skyrise. Um, It's re-implementing a game called Metropolis, which is from Astari. And this is a game. It's an auction game. And the way this works is you are using these buildings that are different sizes, different heights, which they also have different numbers on them as well, to bid on these different city blocks. And you're trying to control these city blocks to score points based on the height of your building at the end of the game. Now, this one, Metropolis looked horrendous. This one looks fantastic. It, it got the foundations of Rome treatment with a whole bunch of unnecessary plastic, but it looks good. Um, I've never played Metropolis. It's always looked like one that I wanted to try, but... It's out of print and hard to find so this one definitely one that i want to try to play at some point because the bidding looks really cool and just seems like a fun game so my number three skyrise
0: or what you're gonna do is wait till skyrise comes out and hope people sell their old busted copies of metropolis so you can get it for cheap yes
1: that's definitely what i'm doing yes <laughs> i'm just gonna say that i'm not gonna do that yes uh,
0: yeah i know you Oh, man. He might as well put, like, one of the redone felds on there. Jeez.
1: I made a mistake, okay? Just one. Well, there's one in the honorable mentions, too. So, two mistakes. Oh, my
0: gosh. Honey. <laughs> my next game, I'm pretty sure, is not a reimplantation or, like, a new edition or an old game disguised as a new game. And it's called Age of Inventors. I am pretty sure I covered this when I was on Kickstarter because it seems so familiar to me um i don't recognize any of the designers because they're just like one names and they all sound like greek wind gods um and it's from meeple pug i don't know if i know anything else that they publish
1: i've never heard of them yeah no okay great
0: so this game looks awesome though so you are going back to like the the like late 19th century where there's just all these inventions that are really going to change the world. Things happening. It is like the age of invention. It's great. So what the cool thing, what I think is sounds so cool about this, you're going to get a lab because you're going to be an inventor, Right. But you start by picking the type of lab that you want. You can have a government lab, a corporation lab, a university lab or an innovator lab. And like depending on which one you pick, you have like a different asymmetrical power that's going to work with it. And you're going to have to get, you know, different equipment that match that, which I think is super cool. I love that kind of like customization. And I think like different people are going to want to pick different things. I love theme. Anyway, so like you're running lab, you're gonna get equipment that's gonna you can upgrade your lab. You're going to get resources that are gonna help you um, complete inventions. You are going to be able to hire, like, get funds and hire like inventors like Tesla and Mercury, even Einstein, right? And they're going to help you with their own unique abilities as you're trying to um, get these inventions, create ideas. Um, when you complete the inventions they give you abilities but they also like move you up on tracks oh we love tracks right because the tracks are going to help you then like basically make your contribution to society and the person who's made the biggest contribution to society is crown the winner which i believe that means like victory points But you can, there are also other things like you can place inventions in different places to get like victory, secret victory points, um, gather experiments to fulfill. There's ingenuity track. Um, It seems like there is a ton of stuff going on in this worker placement, action selection, asymmetric player powers. Um, It's, it looks like everything i want in a game man like i just i'm real pumped about this there's like dials and stuff going on like yeah it looks great so that's my actual number three a game that's coming out new (laughs) age of inventors
1: (laughs) my other two are coming out new okay Uh, my number two and my number one both have been backed uh, number two, the one I'm about to talk about now, is the one that I am super pumped about. Saw it at Gen, um, not Gen Con Origins. It looked fantastic. Mind Clash Games, Septima. This game is everything that I want in a game. It's a simultaneous action selection game where you are covens of witches, and you're going to be playing cards. Now, the interesting thing here is when you reveal your card if multiple people pick that card to do that action, the action is going to be stronger. But the issue is it's going to raise more suspicion with the townsfolk. And they might try to burn you at the stake and put you on trial and all that kind of thing. So you're using these cards to rescue villagers in the town, um, throw support behind witches to try to get them, you know, found innocent in the trial. There's also another board on the side, which we didn't really get to see a lot of, but it's like moving up tracks to get a bunch of special powers. Um, it looks great. It looks like it's not as heavy as a lot of the Mind Clash games, which is pretty cool. That means I can play it more. Um, and I can't wait to get it. Cool theme, cool art. Super pumped. Number two, Septima.
0: I'm super excited about this game, too. Like, I, uh, Fan Zero, Mike McCartney mentioned it to me, and I was like, yeah, dude, that looks awesome. Because I had seen it on Kickstarter, and it looked good then. And then when I saw it in person, I kind of watched, like, even a basic, like even like a stripped down version at Origins, I was like, this game is where it's freaking at. Um, it's it's gonna be great. It's going to be great. Um, continuing on my trend of my love of Asian themed games, um, my number two game is called The White Castle. However, you're not going there to get sliders. Although, ah, boo. although they are delicious. Y'all can come after me in the comments about White Castle. I like it, okay? I'm just a white trashman Western kid, man. White Castle's where it's at. Um, hey,
1: I'm not throwing shade. That sounds good.
0: I know you're with me, babe. Um, but the White Castle is actually about being an influential clan in Japan in the Himeji stronghold. So you've got this really great fortress, the White Castle, and you've got your daimyo, who is there kind of presiding over the castle. And you are going to show the daimyo that you're like, man, we got this. I and the clan that you need. Right? Um, so you are going and working at the daimyo's castle d- during this. So you're trying to score victory points, obviously, more than the rest. Makes sense. It's a Euro game, right? But you're – so you're like – Finding getting favor with the court, you're going to manage some resources, you know, get your workers. This is um, done by the same people who did the Red Cathedral, which I thought looked really good. And so instead of like Ivan the Terrible, like now we're talking about a more modern Japan. Well, a more modern type in the terrible, I guess. Um, So this is worker placement. There's also dice placement for actions, which mm, I love that it is like three rounds, which I think is really interesting. So you're using your workers to best your ability. Your clan members are going out. They're working in the gardens. They're defending the castle. They're working the social aspect um, and they're getting victory points for all those things. The only picture that is out for this is the cover. And it's super pretty, right? It's I, I really like it. Um, I'm really interested to see what the board looks like because they actually talk about the way that the board is and it's divided into these different zones and the things that it's kind of going to be in there. And there's like these three bridges that have these three types of dice that um, you can use to carry out actions. And I think, oh, man, like I just I really want to see it. Uh, I think it looks it sounds amazing. And I am a sucker again for the Japanese theme. So my number two is The White Castle.
1: Yeah, I mean, sounds intriguing. We'll have to see when some videos pop up or Wait, something. It's
0: from Devere Games.
1: Oh, yeah, that's Devere. That's Batoku. That's a whole bunch of hot happening stuff right that now. That I'm a big fan of. Yep. All right, my number one, another game I backed. And I backed it based on gameplay from this company's previous game, Endless Winter Paleo-Americans and this one is unconscious mind and the thing that's going to grab people's attention the most about this game is it has art from Andrew Bosley and Vincent DuTrait oh. together so some cards based on what part of the game you're in i think in like reality it's Vincent DuTrait and in your subconscious it's Andrew Bosley and what you're trying to do in this game is you are trying to get down into these people's psyche by visiting Freud by collecting insights To try to help them through their grief process, there's worker placement, there's um, hand management, there's melding and splaying cards, Um, there's transparent stuff that you're gonna be putting on cards when they're covered in grief and you're trying to get that taken off. There's tons of games going on. This is rated a 3.68 out of 5 on BGG, so it's a beast, but it looks great. Uh, If it's anything like Endless Winter, it's gonna be good. Some first-time designers, too, which could be kind of scary, but most first-time designers aren't going to be getting Andrew Bosley and Vincent Dutre if they don't have a good project. So um, we can hope for that. So my number one, Unconscious Mind. Can't wait to try it. Can't wait to play it. I haven't really dove into the videos because I kind of want to just get it, play it, and have my mind blown. So there we go.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm also really interested in this. I saw it come across Kickstarter, and I was like, what is this? Because I love the theme because, you know, that's I care about real stuff. Uh, But Jason's like, oh, well, these other mechanics look good. I'm like, you're right. They do. Interesting. (laughs) So our two (laughs) ideas met. Um, We talked a little bit about Paverson Games earlier, and I've actually met the designer of this game at Origins, and he is such a nice guy. Um so I am super pumped about this game because he also gave me a quick rundown and basically like played through around with us on a prototype. I can't wait to this game. And that's Distilled. Uh, Distilled is about distilling <laughs> spirits.
1: <laughs> it is. I
0: know, right? Imagine that. Well, I mean the White Castle wasn't about burgers. So, you know.
1: That's true. What a disappointment. I know.
0: I had to bring it back around with this one though. It is what it says it is. So you are like doing resource management, like you are working on your distillery. So you are purchasing like ingredients and getting like better recipes for different type of spirits. But the cool thing is it also has this like push your luck element because you get all of these ingredients together. Like, okay, here is my recipe um, to make like the sake maybe because there's spirits from all around the world. Just very interesting. Like I really like a lot of the things they decided to include in here, and so you're like, okay, well, I've got this stuff, you know, I have maybe some fruit and some plants, and I, you know, I got my water, I got my yeast, whatever I need um, to put in this. Well, when you are making a spirit, you're going to take off the very first stuff that comes out because. It's not usually good, it's bad. And you're gonna take out the last. So you're gonna, you're actually pulling cards out because you can choose to include extra of anything in this recipe before you make your spirit. But you're actually, you're gonna weed out some cards. So it could change what you end up producing because you're kind of pushing your luck with, well, we gotta get rid of the runoff at the beginning and we're not gonna use the dregs. So we got what's left. What the what? I mean, come on. That's so great. Um, there are also people that you can hire to work with you that um they're gonna help you run your distillery, they're gonna give you some abilities. Uh, you can work on packaging and like maybe we need to oak season this or whatever. How do we send it out? Like it is just like so freaking thematic. I, I cannot wait to play this. And again, I really want to support um, just my personal impression of Dave Beck in this game. Great. Great. So my number one is Distilled.
1: Yeah, this one does look good. It looks fantastic. I I can't wait to play this one.
0: All right. Well, that was our list of our top five most anticipated games. Actually, like many that are on Jason's list are ones that I'm looking forward to as well. It helps that we live in the same house uh, so that we both can play those. But we do have a few honorable mentions. And again, for most of us, the games that are expansions, reprints, whatever, will be in the next episode of the podcast. I was saying this in case someone forgot
1: i probably have us a, a couple of original How this games on next
0: um, <laughs> But we did find some honorable mentions of new games coming out in 2023 that we wanted to just briefly talk about.
1: All right. So the first one I'm going to talk about is a game called Scarface 1920. Uh, mobster theme, worker placement, deck building game. So what I'm picturing in my head, there's like a hundred videos, but I haven't looked at any of them. So what I'm picturing in my head is like um, Godfather, but with deck building, that sounds awesome. Prohibition, bootlegging, racketeering, all that's good stuff the mobsters do. Can't wait to try it. Um, what's next? Uh, the Stuff of Legend. Uh, this may be a little bit out of my wheelhouse, but our daughter will probably dig it. It seems like a little story game where you're trying to be stuffed animals to rescue a kid from nightmares. Is that right?
0: You're trying to rescue him from the boogeyman. But the problem is like, it also has uh, a hidden yeah. traitor element.
1: Oh, come on. Where somebody
0: could be working for the boogeyman Uh, and leading you astray.
1: Still still sounds cute. I'm sure our daughter will like it. Uh, The next one is First in Flight. Kitty talked about this on Kickstarter at one point. Uh, This is a push-your-luck deck-building game about the Wright Brothers taking flight in um, Kitty Hawk. Um, Again, we haven't watched much on this, but cool theme. Push your luck is always a okay with me. Next up is Bark Avenue. Um, What mechanisms are in this bad boy? Uh, Competitive route optimization. Pick up and deliver game about walking dogs. That sounds awesome. Um, Next up is Artisans. Now, Artisans, this one has a cool mechanism. We were talking about this a little bit beforehand. And this is a game where you are going to be playing cards down each round. But the trick here is you can never play less cards than you play in a previous round. So round one, if I wanted to play... Five cards to take my, you know, to settle my actions and do all the stuff for the turn. In round two, I got to play six cards. That's really cool. Uh, It's a different mechanism that I don't think I've ever seen in a game. So I don't know much about the game, but that's a cool mechanism. And last on mine is another one that's going to break the rules. It's a reprint from, I think, Japan, coming out from All Play. It's called Sale, two player trick taking cooperative game with limited communication. The only reason I wanted to talk about it is because the cover and the art is from. Weberson Santiago bloody in fame. I love his art. The cover is fantastic. And I just want to get this game because it looks so good. So those are something I have.
0: I don't even know why I let you cover any of these things. Like you didn't even mention like some of the greatest parts about it. You don't sound excited at all. Um, I could have hired Watson the robot to say the things that you just said about these games. <laughs>
1: You could've. But I'm a lot cheaper than that. <laughs>
0: FYI I'm looking for a new co-host on this podcast. <laughs> Cause Jason has reached an all-time low. What the heck?
1: I'm gonna It's not my shining moment today. That's for right. Sure.
0: I'm gonna talk about some honorable mentions too. The first one I talk about is Arborea. Um, Which is like a worker placement Euro game and it's about Woodland Spirits, which I think is really interesting. It's got um, tile placement, it's got worker placement, but you really need to plan ahead because you got these action tracks that are happening kind of in this pilgrimage that you're on, right? And you want to advance on these tracks and move all these workers together because then you're able to get better rewards when you're activating these workers. I think, and you're like contributing like rewards on a shared resource track. So it's like the shared, I I just, I don't know how they're going to do it because it's not cooperative, it's competitive. Um, But there seems to be some interesting mechanics in that one. So uh, I am definitely intrigued. The next one is also about I guess not the forest, but it's, fl- it's flowers. It's called flow war. So like a flower. Yeah. So like a flower war. Um, <laughs> so it's really about you are trying to get the most beautiful flowers. You're like collecting them and transporting them to the kingdom for the flower, which is a festival commemorating the end of the 200 years war. Um, so it's like you're doing hand management, set collection, or to fulfill these contracts, you want to get the best flowers out there. I mean, flower business can be shady, so you got to hire workers. You might have to fire workers. Um, if you fire too many workers, they could there could be a strike, <laughs> which I think is really interesting. Um, the box art is beautiful oh my gosh and even some of the artwork the pictures of the boards and stuff it's this beautiful like petal look to it and you've got player boards Um, it's it's so pretty there's even I see some shaped meeples. you know how I feel about those people like oh I love it there's like this weird bear thing it's cute it's cute Uh, so that's flower another one that for me I love words, obviously. And there's one called Illiterati. So it is a cooperative game, but it's real time. So I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Um, But everybody gets is forming words because you're using them to bind books. You've got like you end up with a book or I I forget how many books. I, I think each person, each player has like a book that they're trying to restore because the books are like getting set on fire or something, which is terrible, and you're use, you you have letters and you're trying to use letters to create words that are going to somehow resolve this book. Um, you've got like a minute, I think, of real time to um, trade letters and talk, and you can do all this stuff to help everybody achieve their goals because you want to be able to save as many books as possible. Um, but like eventually, like if there's too many letters, like in the library. Um, then like there's going to be a burn event and that's going to take some letters away. And then there's like these villains that show up and they're going to like get rid of books and do these terrible things. And if, and there's like multiple versions of the same or multiple cards of the same villain. And then if they keep coming out, it's like a chain attack of all of the same villain. Like what the, it sounds intense. Like I, I feel like that's super interesting, and the artwork I really love. It's like this really cool, I don't know, like nineties cartoon vibe. It's giving me like, um, like cinematic cartoons, not like Rocco's Modern Life, like Anastasia, Don Bluth. Anyway, uh, the next one I talk about is Bamboo. See, I I just want to put all these on my list. Bamboo, it's adorable. It's, again, Asian-themed. So your family has is harvesting bamboo. Your clan's that grow bamboo. And you're going to take care of your family and get happy no- happiness points. It is um, part of the Kamushi Saga, which Batoku and Silk are part of. So this is another Devere, which apparently I'm a fangirl of now.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool.
0: Uh, the Potter's Apprentice, I think it's really cool. I like this theme because the master potter is looking to train an apprentice to take over the studio. So again, like I got to f- prove that I can take over the studio. So you are learning from it. It's got this circuit, like a potter's wheel that moves around. You're interacting with and you're playing cards to take actions, to learn stuff. And you're also using it to increase skill. Um, a lot of really cool stuff looks in that game. Haunticulture. culture. I was like, this name is really funny. But I, I love Halloween. And so this is kind of a halloween theme game. You're at, like, Creepstone Manor, and you're working on the gardens. Um, but, I mean, you're a ghost, so, like, you can't handle a spade. So you're like, well, I can get zombies and, like, skeletons and stuff to actually work in the garden. And you can get, you know, werewolves and vampires to help work on your crew. And you're, like, trying to get this, like, really great aesthetic um <laughs> With, like, ornaments and plants and stuff in this, like, cool monster-themed way. I love that idea. Um, Books of Time. I can't resist a game about books. This is supposed to be quick. It's, like, cards and you're tableau building and you're, like, constructing books. I do not understand this game. There's, like, three types of pages. Trade, science, industry. You're adding, like, pages to these books. I don't understand what that means. But you're managing resources And like it says it's deck bag and pool building, hand management, open drafting and set collection. All those things plus a book theme. Amen. Right. And last, but certainly not least, Jerusalem and Odomini. I just think the theme of this is awesome. So basically what you're doing is you're trying to gather resources and gain influence so you can sit as close to Jesus as possible at the Last Supper. This is also from Devere Games. Again, I, apparently, I am their new spokesperson. Um, the artwork on the cover is intense, but the game just sounds so interesting. Um, as you are going around, like you are collecting bread and fish and rocks, and like the the Sadducees are getting and the Pharisees are getting pissed off the Sanhedrin, and so as the the timer is them getting more and more ticked off, right? Um, they're just impatient <laughs> they're like we're gonna kill Jesus uh, so you are like really trying to like get victory points and like move followers around so that you can sit closest to Jesus at the Last Supper what an interesting theme I hope it doesn't disappoint because again I I love those kind of themed games and we like to champion ones that are good and f- this they had um, a display of this at Essen Spiel. And uh, it just intrigues me so very much. Now, that is how you do an honorable mentions list.
1: Yeah, that's a good job. Thank you. That's a good job.
0: I'm a professional. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, I, I kind of wonder, though, going back to this Jerusalem mm-hmm. one, I wonder how well this will do because of the theme. Because a lot of these games that had the Christian biblical theme, like people are turned off by that for one reason or another. Uh, even if the game's good, so I, yeah, I just wonder how well it'll do.
0: Yeah, I don't. I hope it does well. Um, I, I just think I think also it's it's a classic theme with the Last Supper.
1: Yeah, that's true. So
0: that's I true. think that might help it. It's it doesn't have a weight or a rating, so no one's really seen this yet. Although someone says they have it for trade, and two people say they own it.
1: <laughs> Could be the designer, maybe
0: <laughs> some guy in the Netherlands apparently wants to trade it. Dude, I'll trade you right now, straight up. So, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I hope not, because I find it really interesting. And I think if it's a good quality game, maybe people really like it. And uh, apparently, I'm in love with Devere games. So hey, I will champion this sucker.
1: Yeah, I always tell people to just look at it like a historical or like a like a Norse theme or yeah. Greek god theme, like because those are religions too. Right. So if you if you're not into Christianity, just look at it in that way and maybe. You can appreciate it more it,
0: it doesn't appear to be like a proselytizing game at any means
1: right like right. I, it's historical yeah i just
0: find it very interesting yeah so i'm excited about those games i know several of you are excited about games in 2023 um jason threw something out there on facebook uh if you're not on facebook Join hashtag Derived. It's the best place to be on Facebook. If you are firmly anti-Facebook, um, please tell us what your most anticipated gains, what are you looking forward to? What have you already backed, maybe even, that you expect to deliver in 2023? Tell us on our Instagram, on the Twitter. Uh, you could make a TikTok about it. I've yet to see someone make me a TikTok. I'll watch it. I will. Um, always on our YouTube. And Discord channel, Uh, we we love to hear from you guys. And I I know that I will pick games, and you notice today, off themes, artwork, basic um, mechanics that I I like. Um, I don't stray too far out that. But I have played sci-fi games, mini games, um, area control games, you know, post-apocalyptic crap that i am not attracted to initially but after i play it i'm like dang that's a good game uh so i'd love to hear some suggestions from you guys on games that you're looking forward to and why
1: yeah um yeah like katie said we're all over everywhere most social media sites were there check us out interact with us um come to our house if you know where we live katie will talk to you i won't but you know if you're into that um yeah we just like to have fun and talk about games and play games mostly. I'd like to play some games too. That's cool. Have
0: you had a brain injury? Like this podcast, you're all over the place.
1: <laughs> it could be. Who knows?
0: I'm concerned about Jason. I'm going to check his pupils after we finish recording. Um, but also if you're like, well, my most anticipated games are going to be expansions or or reprints or second editions. Ooh, we want to hear those too because that's going to prep us for our next episode. So feel free to chat with us in whatever social media you prefer. I think we're done.
1: I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> I'll just sit here. I
0: feel like I have, like, it's been almost, it's a little over an hour. I feel like I've talked like 59 of those minutes.
1: <laughs> I have some wave files on my track too. Thank you. Mm.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, I've been Katie, and it's been a lot of me today. I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody.
1: Keep gaming.
0: Seriously, what is wrong with you? Why are you like this?